Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome in, everybody, to SEC Football and Beyond. A lot of beyond today. We got uh, a lot of stuff going on. Gosh, I... Decided to make a note of just things that I wanted to talk about. Just such a busy day. Uh, we're going to get to a lot of March Madness talk. I want to hear what you think about um, the tournament and how interested are you in it. And then, because uh, I do think that this is the time of year for college basketball, no question. Um, want to get your final four picks, get your thoughts on that. We'll talk a little bit about that. Some coaching openings in college basketball. Have a couple of ideas or thoughts curious to see what you guys think on that particularly the indiana job um got a little bit uh news on college football recruiting the dead period uh and what will lead to a quiet period after may 31st we're going to talk about that lots of college football information pardon me on landryfootball.com we'll get into some some sec news some a&m kentucky stuff alabama uh got a question about a couple of players, uh, A&M player, uh, question about Najee Harris. Alabama gets a big commitment. We'll talk a little bit about him. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Kentucky's uh, new running back coach, Florida getting a big commitment. We've got a few different things, but we also have a lot of NFL free agency stuff. If you have been following the news of the day of the last 24 hours, it's been very heavy. As we um, – told you it would it would start with the news uh, on Monday yesterday and so there's a lot of things that that uh, we need to get you up to date on a couple of things to keep in mind the new league year starts on Tuesday on on Wednesday excuse me at uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern um so the uh, the deals are not official until then but it, these deals are being done. Um, they're agreed to, and as they're agreed to, you know, the, to suppress the news is uh, while it's not official, it's about as official as you're going to get. The information is leaking out with the contracts. I've mentioned this before. I'll mention it again, folks. The contract information is about eighty-five percent incorrect. Um. What I mean by that is you hear things like um, $65 million guaranteed. It's not $65 million guaranteed. It's $65 million guaranteed based upon certain um, uh, contingencies. 
roster bonuses next year. Well, that's not guaranteed. The only thing that's guaranteed is in paragraph five is the the signing bonus is a guarantee because once you get that, that's it. And you you could pr- you can include the first year's contract. While it's not guaranteed, it is the closest thing to being guaranteed. And and certainly a young player that you anticipate to being there for more years than not, you still don't know what's going to happen health-wise and what have you. So this is not as, quote-unquote, lock, stock, barrel guaranteed as it's being reported. So keep in mind, the other thing that is confusing people that I want to mention too is we're having a lot of avoidable years, um, you know, uh, out there. Uh, and, and I'm going to be bringing you some information as it's happening, as I've got my uh, email out there. The breaking news is we're doing this. The Patriots have busy day yesterday. They have signed Hunter Henry to a three-year deal. Uh, total number, $37 million. We'll get in a drill on the numbers again you know, a little bit more accurately as we go, but as we get through the contracts, but the voidable years are a little bit confused in uh, confusing in that you're seeing like, for example, uh, the, the bucks with Brady, um, the saints did it with Taysom. You know, a lot of folks, you add years on the contract to prorate the signing bonus to create more cap room, but the years are voidable, meaning that the cap costs are going to be, further down the road when the cap's going to be higher, when the cap is not going to be in a COVID environment. You, so you'll be able to move on from the player player's contract. Even if you want to keep the player, you can redo it and you can absorb the cap uh, hit a little bit later, better than you can today. So a lot of stuff going on, as I mentioned, uh, Hunter Henry um, being done today as I check uh my both my um my uh my, my Twitter and as well as my email Vaughn Miller, um the Broncos exercise seven million dollar guaranteed option on him, um the Seahawks are among the teams as well as the Patriots that are interested in Leonard Fournette, um. That's about the only well there are a couple of other things the Bucks are working on, but the Bucks have basically done a very good job of holding on to their uh, core players that they have. Um, and, you know, uh, we'll see if they can keep Leonard Fournette. Uh, the Bears not making any progress, and nor will they. That is not going to be something that the, the uh, getting Russell Wilson is not going to be something that they're going to be able to pull out, uh, I don't think. Andy Dalton is kind of next on their list. Um, last night, the Vikings signed Dalvin Tomlinson, a good run defender, to a two-year deal. Uh, the Bengals signed Trey Hendrickson, um, good Saints edge rusher, um, one of the best, if not the best, defensive end still on the market at the time. Bud Dupree was signed by the Titans yesterday. I'm kind of going over my notes that were on LandryFootball.com for a complete list. You want to go there. Uh, of course, you know by now the Saints have re-signed Jameis Winston. That was expected. Um, catch signed Carl Lawson of the Bengals. Good value there. Uh, we mentioned the Titans signed Bud Dupree, but they also signed Kendall Lamb there. Um, 
formerly uh, of the Browns on the offensive line. Uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, the news there, uh, the Giants, the Dolphins, uh, heavily interest there. Uh, the Jets signed Corey Davis. The Jags signed Carlos Hyde, the running back from the Seahawks. Um, Rams re-signed Leonard Floyd. The Bucks, of course, got uh, Gronk done as well. The Raiders got Yannick Ndokwe, who did not play well down the stretch for the Ravens last year. Uh, the Patriots signed Nelson Aguiar. Um, the Chargers signed Corey Lindsey. Uh, the Chiefs, Joe Thune, uh, obviously having to rebuild that offensive line. Of course, Matt Judon going to the Patriots as well as Janu Smith. So the work on the tight end angle is is back to what Bill is trying to do in New England with the quarterback situation. Um, there's a lot of talk again. A couple more news. Uh, Shaq Barrett, of course. And then um, the Ravens um, signing Kevin Zeitler was, was a really good one. Kevin Zeitler is one of the more underrated guards. Back to the Patriots, you know, about Cam Newton. In his situation of, all right, well, he signed for $14 million. He did not sign for $14 million. It's more of a $9 million deal, a one-year deal that can make up to $14 million. The, the feeling in New England, the feeling with Bill is that you are dealing with last year a player that was not healthy, coming off COVID, didn't have time to, to get ready and train properly for the season. So there's no question they feel like this could be a different year. I don't know that Cam will be appreciably better, but they feel he'll be better. Time will tell on that. Um, They are definitely going to build a defense and got a good defense and build a running game and and, and work around Cam, but they think they, they can be better. And I think they will be better this year. In fact, there's no doubt in my mind they'll be better. I don't know that they're – going to be a threat in the AFC better, but they will be better. They're also not done at the quarterback position. Um, I don't think they're in any of these trade possibilities for any veterans, but they likely are going to add somebody in the draft. The right guy, it's definitely what they want to do. So that's kind of the latest there. And they probably made the biggest news in the early signing period. Let me say this though. And I've said this before in the past, um, looking at free agency, it's very intoxicating to look and say, man, Patriots are winning the day. Just like we've talked about other teams at the start of free. boy, their activity doesn't mean success. Here's what it, here's what, in essence, try to figure out ways to describe free agency. Free agency is about if you are not able to draft well and develop well, you have to go out and get somebody else to plug needs. Free agency is about filling needs. The draft should be about getting the best player. Um, you know, I think the thing that, this shows more than anything is that the Patriots are in, eh, you know, I don't know desperate's the right word. They're definitely are in a position where they have to get, fill some holes right away. I think the, uh, to have a year where they are not good at all. Um, trying to fix that as quick as possible. The only way they're going to really do that 
is through free agency right now. Nikhil Harry did not work out well in the draft, and they have not drafted well, particularly at the receiver position. So this is why they're active. And, and quite frankly, it's almost like welcome to the rest of the world, welcome to the rest of the league. Teams that have done a poor job in the draft end up having to go out and sign something that's ready-made. And that usually costs more because, uh, as I mentioned, the best players are never reach the market. So you're getting good players and paying more money than probably what they're worth. And if you look at John O. Smith deal for the, the Patriots, more money than he's worth, but they need him. And therefore, you know, I think that's something that they're looking to do to see if they can um, fix a couple of spots initially and then try to see if they can't fortify it through the draft. That's the biggest news uh, of the free agent period. Um, take your questions on anything that you want to uh, talk about there. But, you know, the, the, the initial wave always comes very aggressively, very early, and then you're going to see it slow down a little bit as – uh, as the market settles. Um, so we'll get uh, more into that and make sure that you can check out um, LandryFootball.com. If you want to check out being a member, uh, you can uh, do that. Very, very simple. You get all the inside information of not only what's happening, but what's going on behind the scenes. What are the, some of the theories? We've got we've got all of that for you. So make sure that you check that out as we go. Um want to uh, get into a uh, little bit of March Madness. As you know by now, uh, the SEC teams that have made it, obviously Missouri in the um, in the West region. Of course, all these games are in Indianapolis. Missouri's made it, lined up, playing in an old Big 8-type matchup against Oklahoma. Um, LSU's got St. Bonaventure in the East region, Alabama, Iona. Rick Pitino. Um, when he was at Providence, ruined a very good Wimp Sanderson team, I remember. Won't have enough here to, to beat this Alabama team, but Rick Pitino now, more on him in a little bit, now taking five teams to the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, um, the, the thing about Alabama and Pitino is – um, Patino, the situation, I'm distracted. I got some, some news coming in, but, um, Patino, Boston university, obviously Providence, um, then Kentucky, then Louisville. Um, and then, uh, certainly, um, you know, now Iona. So five, uh, and then of course, Arkansas, uh, and, uh, against Colgate, Florida, Virginia tech, and then Tennessee, um, going up against Oregon State. What are your thoughts on any of the SEC teams, any of the SEC teams that you may or may not like um, making a run in the tournament? Um, what do you think there? Anybody, uh, Gonzaga, such a huge favorite. Seeing them play a little bit this year, um, and we know their record is a product of how good they are. Also, they don't play a tough schedule game in and game out. But it's interesting. I would think Alabama, certainly in the best position seating-wise, 
uh, in the bracket to maybe go the furthest. But we'll see. It is a tournament. You never know. A couple of questions I'm going to get to. Um, Jeffrey says, Christian missed the biggest news of yesterday. Drew Brees retires. Well, it wasn't yesterday's news, and it wasn't real news. Uh, Drew Brees was going to retire. We knew that. Um, It's official. I did have it on the list that I wanted to get to. I was going to save it for a little bit later. Since you brought it up, I'll mention um, Drew. I mean, at this point, again, we've said all along that Drew was retiring. Uh, He, ironically, people were wondering why it took him so long. He literally retired on the day, uh, the anniversary day of um, his signing with the saints, but this happened on Sunday. Um, so it's, it's a little bit old news and it's, uh, a, a little bit, um, uh, expe- it's definitely expected and a little bit, uh, anticlimactic. The need for quarterback is something that they're been looking at. Sean Payton likes the quarterbacks he has. We'll see how much we'll see if they can get one in the drafts. No definite that he will a like one, at the spot that they can get him, But, you know, as far as Drew Brees, what more can be said? First ballot Hall of Famer, uh, phenomenal career. Um, you know, I've talked about it uh, a couple of times already on a couple of different forums. But, yeah, no, so I appreciate you mentioning, Jeff, not forgetting the biggest news of the day, the biggest news. It wasn't um, Monday's news. It was old news and expected news there. Um you know, Rich Coates asks, is it more scheme-related signing as uh, related to the Patriots or others? I'm not uh, – the, the Patriots signings, uh, Pinks want two third-rounders in 2020 on tight ends and double down again on free agents. That they, they like to use tight ends in their offense, and it has to do with the fact that Cam Newton is limited in terms of accuracy, and it gives you a real good opportunity to create um, – opportunities in the passing game with the tight end factor. So uh, it's, it's, uh, that's the main reason for it. Um, so what are uh, your thoughts on the NCAA tournament again? Uh, one of the things I wanted to get back to that a little bit. Um, we had a couple of, as we normally do when teams do not have success in the tournament, we have some firings. Indiana basketball is certainly one of the blue blood programs that has struggled. We've seen that in football, but it's something from afar that not being involved in basketball world. I've only coached basketball at the high school level um, and certainly not involved in the game of basketball. The problems at Indiana, no one's really had success. Why wasn't Archie Miller successful? Well, we know why he wasn't successful. We know what he didn't do. But why couldn't he get it done? What's the issue there? Nobody's had success there for some time. Uh, Archie did a good – who would you really want other than a guy that was doing such a really good job at Dayton, uh, geographical ties, really good coach? You think it would work. Where do they go from there? I mean, um, would somebody like a John Beeline be a good fit? Uh, Guy's done it. Great job at Michigan, did a great job at West Virginia, not have the success in the NBA. Doesn't matter. I'm just wondering if that would be a fit there. Also noticed again that DePaul hired fired their coach, Dave Lato, uh, uh, Lato is I think I pronounced Dave's name. Um, I can remember DePaul back as an independent, Ray Meyer, 
His son, Joey, is an assistant. What a powerhouse. I mean, going back to the George Mikan days, but into the early 80s, what a great program, recruited well. Always remember, you know, they had Mark Aguirre, and and uh, those teams always underachieved into the tournament. But but they came this close, speaking of Indiana, of getting Isaiah Thomas because Mark Aguirre and Isaiah were very, very close from the Chicago area. Could you imagine that? But they always kind of underachieved come tournament time. Um, as Gonzaga goes into the tournament unbeaten, we're reminded that Indiana was the last unbeaten team into the NCAA tournament. Um, I wonder, you know, what is the right fit? Uh, if it's not somebody like a, um, John B line or, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be interested to see. And is it that what's the difference there? Also was wondering if you're DePaul, and I know DePaul is not considered on the same level um, as they used to be. And But I wonder if you're a program like that. You're sitting there, say what you want about it. And Rick Pitino at Iona, guy wins wherever he goes. I'm curious as a fan out there. I'm curious because this is, this is important. I always like to see where the level of important out the importance, the factor of what they're willing to tolerate. Great basketball coach, older coach. You think a guy, and I'm not saying he would even do it because he went, took the Iona job. He's got a lot of connections, uh, New York background, and and I think comfortable there. I think he'd like to get back in the NBA. He couldn't. But I wonder if Rick would would take a better job and what would he consider a better job? I don't know that, for example, DePaul, in his eyes, would be better than Iona. Probably not. But I wonder, um, and certainly DePaul being the old Catholic school boys I I grew up, I don't think that Rick's background, also is my understanding, there's some NCAA issues that haven't been resolved. So I'm not suggesting that anybody's going to make a move on Patino. But it caused me to wonder if you're a DePaul or you're somebody – that is a program that's had some history that is located in a place where you can turn things around. Would you be comfortable having a Rick Pitino as your coach? Um, even if it was someplace at a, I don't know that he would go to a place that has a basket uh, as a football type school atmosphere, but would you be comfortable with that as a fan? Uh, and again, I'm talking if he gets past the NCAA violations, um, we don't know where that's, that's some of that's still out there. Um, but I'm curious to see your thoughts on that. Um, Jeff mentions this is the first year in 24 years that Duke will not play in the NCAA tournament. There's no question. You don't have Duke in the tournament. What's the only school in Kentucky that's representing the state is what Moorhead state Kentucky, not in it. Um, yeah, no, it's been a, been a weird year. People will throw that off as a, you know, a one-off due to COVID. But, you know, others have handled it better. Not a good year. It was not all COVID-related, but definitely um, something that I think contributed greatly to it. But, uh, yeah, no question about it. And how about – I thought it was funny when it came out this weekend, Duke annou- announcing after they – backed out of the ACC tournament uh, due to COVID issues, basically 
put out there that, oh, but we're still eligible to be invited to the NCAA tournament. Oh, really? Okay, that's fine. Um, thanks, but no thanks was the move there. So uh, not not being invited um, was not a surprise, but certainly as you look at it at the beginning of the year, there's no question that you is a slam dunk that uh, Duke and Kentucky always are going to make the tournament. Not so this year. Some college football news I want to get to as well. Um, the college football recruiting dead period, we've mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, um, that the dead period ends May 31st. Um, after May 31st, um, what we didn't know, and we were hoping that they would come out with some information about, okay, that's we're going to make it a dead period. We understand what's going on, <clears throat> which means, you know, you can't go out and visit, can't bring kids on campus. My question was rhetorically was, hey, what's the what's the deal after May 31st? Well, we got an indication over the last 24, 48 hours that we're going to move to a quiet period, which is an indication that we're going to move towards a summer where we're going to have camps. We're going to move towards uh, a summer in which uh, you'll have some time that you can spend with these kids. Really, really important um, that we get back to that. The recruiting cycle, you know, people will say, well, we did it last year. And it's not like it was a tragic effect on recruiting, but you don't know how the effect of recruiting, uh, but to two or three years down the road. Um, my concern not being able to contact these kids. And look, we understand why in having them on campus for camp and in getting the face-to-face uh, meetings with them. The reason why that's such a concern is you begin to recruit these kids earlier and earlier. If you have a longer period of a dead period, you, you know less and less about them. And you're having greater risks of making mistakes on the personal character, the football character, the football evaluation, the kids have less of ability to evaluate their situation with the coaches. And, and so I think it may potentially lead to more mistakes. You know, if it's on a two-year cycle and we're, we're now on to, look, we're into the full calendar year of you can't get out and see anybody. Nobody can come in and see you. Um, that's a full year of that. The guys that signed in 2021, and I, I think to some degree, some of the early signings in 2022, you, you know enough about them to, at least in the 2021 class, through previous contact, to where some of that is mitigated. You would throw another six months of a dead period, and this would be really difficult, and I think start to have a, an effect. Again, people don't often pay attention to the effect and to down the road. And I think this would have had an effect down the road. Long, short-term, no. But long-term, uh, I think it would have had a, a big deal. Um, so basically the dead period prohibits coaches from uh, evaluating or communicating. And so uh, this gets us back into uh, a, a potentially a summer where at least we're going to have camps and I think that's huge, huge for the recruiting process. We've got a couple of questions. Um, uh, an Aggie fan asking about um, Jamon Osmond, the receiver 
and kind of where he stands. Jamon, 6'2", 218, uh, productive player, doesn't have great ability to separate. Um, I think he's more of a day three guy, certainly not someone that's going to go uh, day one. Uh, don't see him in day two either. I think he's more of a day three guy, potentially middle of um, day three is where I see him. Kentucky fan asked, um, Joseph asked about Jamon Davis. And uh, what do you think of him? But Jamon is a really cerebral player. Watching him on tape, you see him key and diagnose very well. Um, I think he's a very underrated player. I think he's a top 100 player in this draft. 6'4", he's 234. Um, you know, he's uh, a very good tackler. I mean, face up, he brings his feet very well. I think he's a really good inside uh, player. I think, again, uh, three-down linebacker, question mark. Um, I think he can work zone coverage effectively. I don't think he's a great man guy, but I think he's um, a a really, really good player and probably a better player than most people know. Um, some A question about Najee Harris. Um, Daniel asks, who's the best running back in this draft? Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. Really depends upon what you want. Uh, I think it's Najee Harris. He's the most complete back. Remember my talk about draft boards. Draft boards are more about how a guy fits for you. If you want a guy that is the speedster, that is the make you miss in the open field, good receiver out of the backfield type of guy, then Travis Etienne's your guy. Najee is the more of the power back, the more feature back for you. Underrated for a guy that is as powerful is very underrated speed, uh, but more than anything, his burst, his short area speed's outstanding. Can catch the ball out of the backfield, can adjust. Uh, I think you know, really outstanding back and a, a good power back, real feature back. Um, so, I, you know, again, and by the way, the draft boards are coming out here soon, probably by the weekend. I'll, I'll begin to get them up on Landry Football. We'll get a little bit more. All our free agent stuff is up. You'll see kind of where they're ranked. They're going to have similar grades, but they're different type guys. They literally play two different positions in the running back set. Uh, speaking of running backs, um, you may or may not have seen it since we've been here the last time, um, I think as good a running back as there is in the class of 2022 recruiting class, Emmanuel Henderson, kid from Alabama, five-star running back, has committed to Alabama. Um, he is he's explosive guy. Uh, I mean, six one, about one eighty eight. Um, really, really uh, impressive guy. Of course, you would expect an Alabama kid at that position. Um, to be in play there. Um, Florida getting a, a really impressive commitment. The Tony Livingston kid, um, I think, has got left tackle feet. A um, little undersized, gets a little needs to get a little bit stronger. He's a Tampa, Florida native. Um, he's one of the 20 best uh, tackle prospects that I've seen 
in uh, the 2022 recruiting class. Um, Kentucky, some more Kentucky news we mentioned. Um, I think they'll make it official soon. May have already done it. I've been busy with free agency. But from what I understand, that John Settle, the Wisconsin running back coach, is going to end up being the new running back coach for the Kentucky Wildcats. So good for them. Little problems over at Tennessee with some off-the-field arrests and issues they need to take care of. Um, I have this other question that we have. Oh, um, about Pro Day at Oklahoma. Um, did watch the Pro Days. I'm able to get, um, you know, uh, Creed Humphrey was was outstanding, kind of led the way. Creed Humphrey's very, very good blocker. Uh, intriguing in that uh, you don't see many of these guys that are left-handed snappers. Creed Humphrey is is really, really good. So those are some news and notes. Folks, that's just where I just hit on a few SEC stuff here. Uh, but we've got national stuff in our notebooks every day in the college football notebook over at LandryFootball.com. So make sure that you check that out. Um, get to some of your questions here. Uh, Tony Owl says, yeah, Pittsburgh needs a Najee Harris type. Yeah, they sure do. And he's a Pittsburgh Steeler type of back. Um, James Conner is serviceable, um, but there's no question that they've got to get better in the running game. And that's kind of the Steelers' M.O. And uh, Najee Harris would be a great fit for a lot of folks for Pittsburgh. There's no question about it. Um, a Daniel Cota, will the Saints draft quarterback or stay with Winston and Hill? Well, as I mentioned, uh, Daniel, is, um, they will probably have a quarterback or two that they really like. You don't go into the draft and say, well, we got to draft one. There's We want to draft so-and-so. We like this guy. They may not be in a position to get that guy. So it's not a slam dunk that they're going to draft one. Um, but I think it's a slam dunk that they would like to draft one um, and a particular one or two that they like. I would expect that they would, but it would it will depend upon whether one is available or not, whether they're able to get that done. Uh, I think that's real key. Um, as far as Jameis Winston, um, we know about physical talent there. Uh, certainly not going to be able to run the complete offense the same way. Um, I think the work ethic is, I mean, it's hard. Look, it's really hard when you go down from Drew Brees. It's hard to have someone that's going to be the equal. It's not. You're not going to have someone as equal. What you hope is if you got someone that you can work with physically, there are things you can do that I think can help Jameis Winston out. I'm not a big Jameis Winston fan, but for him, I don't think there's a better situation than being coached by Sean Payton. I think he could have gotten a little bit more money from the Bears, but that's not a good situation. From him, from his standpoint, and this shows to me a little bit of maturity that I think that Jameis has lacked in the past that, all right, look, I'm going to do what's best for my career going forward. And that is I need to be retooled, rebuilt and who better to do that than Sean Payton. And so he took a deal that's incentive based and, you know, he can get another bite at that apple as I like to call it 
if he plays well and proves himself. And you can get that with the Saints or someone else. The fact that he did a good job in the quarterback room, that's great, but didn't play an awful lot last year, and it wasn't going to command big money. He's going to get the starting job. Taysom Hill will have a role. He'll have a role that may be a little bit more um, expanded from the jack-of-all-trades and doing some of the quarterback stuff, even more so than when, when Drew was there. But in terms of the main guy, this is Jameis Winston's job to lose. If Taysom Hill beats him out, it's more about what Jameis couldn't do. Because certainly playing the quarterback position every down, that's that's not something Taysom Hill can be successful with in a long-range basis. I think that Taysom is very effective, but the effectiveness wears off the more that he plays. I think the fact that they're able to put a package together and augment it, it's kind of like flavoring to the meal. And I think Taysom is a really good spice, but I think that's what he is. I don't think he's the main course. Now, I question whether Jameis is going to be what Sean thinks. I've known Sean for years, have a lot of respect for Sean, done a lot of work with Sean. I'm not as high on Jameis Winston, but I do think two things. If anybody's going to get it out of him, Sean will. Two, Sean, to answer your question, Sean likes the challenge of creating a situation where he's the guy to fix Jameis Winston. Um, He's never, ever said, I mean, he has been the most best relationship in the league between head coach and quarterback, Sean Payton and Drew Brees. But, but don't think for a second that the ego is not there to prove that, you know what? May not be Drew Brees, but look what I can do with other quarterbacks. They're very uh, quick and and proud to discuss their record with Bridgewater. And last couple of years, when Drew Brees has been injured, which he's been injured for some of the year, for the past couple of years, and they did a good job. They were able to work around that. the The strength of Sean is not only working with quarterbacks, but game planning and putting together packages that can create separation and coverage, create mismatches that are easier throws. So I think that there's no question. Um, you know, I just don't know. I don't know that, uh, um, that he can get to the level to where they can be a playoff team playing him uh, all season. But I do think, that he can get more out of than most people will. So we'll see how that plays out. Hey, I want to remind you, <clears throat> we are brought to you by Blue Sky. Blue Sky, we really appreciate their support. They believe in being fast, fresh, and friendly. Through the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores, Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience from services to products, Blue Skies plan on keeping things fresh and always provide the freshest flavors from the brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products 
on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer service. A smile can say it all. Blue Skies wants to show our customers that they care about them and their shopping experience, and they will always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Skies today at any of the 48 store locations across the Southeast. Also, really appreciate the great folks at Alpha Specialties. Located 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. They are your trailer-specific professionals. If you want to haul it, they can call it. Alpha is the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail, the premier brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment, dumping gooseneck trailers being built on the market today. Fully primed and power-coded, Load Trailers come with an industry-leading three-year warranty, and two years roadside assistance. Alpha Specialist has a Hallmark Cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market, perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows, ATVs to deer camp, hauling race cars and more. Alpha can even work with third parties to have gamely trailers and concession trailers built. For podcast listeners, Alpha has a special uh, spare tires, rather, in wheels starting at just $100. Boy, you can't beat that. Alpha has a full selection of trailer parts and assess- um, accessories, uh, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They also do all types of truck accessories. Listeners can also get 10 con- uh, 10% off yearly trailer services and inspection at Alpha Full Service Shop. They can repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, goosenecks, and RV. Give them a call at 601-932-9798 or check them out at www.alphafms.com. That's A-L-P-H-A-O-F-M-S.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about Alpha on the MPW Digital Network of Podcasts. Uh, again, give them a call at 601-932-9798 or check them out at www.alpha, that's A-L-P-H-A-F-M-S dot com. Appreciate both of those guys um, being a big part of the show. want to remind you that if you're listening to this show on the podcast, you can also watch it live as we do it every Tuesday and Thursday on YouTube, Facebook. You can also watch it on Twitch TV, the Chris Landry Football Twitch TV channel. You can catch all the shows uh, that we do live. Uh, we've got football shows um, quite a bit. We've got the Chuck Oliver show midday. We've got a morning drive show. So we've got a lot for you there on the Chris Landry Football Twitch channel. So check it out. Um, you can join it uh, free uh, at www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Um, and you certainly can listen to this podcast uh, wherever you listen to your podcast on uh, Neil's um, family of podcasts or Landry Football's conference call. So download it there. Uh, and uh, for the look of the game from a coaching, scouting, and administrative perspective, you can uh, listen to us. Uh, certainly um, check out LandryFootball.com. Join us in the chat room as some of the guys have got some questions that I will address. Um, you can communicate with us during the show. Cheer us on a few bits. Uh, whatever, uh, join us. And, uh, we absolutely love having you here each and every day. So, um, want to remind you again that all the free agent information on LandryFootball.com is put in a way 
by position, but we also graded every player in the league this past year. So I've got it down there, and it's important to know as guys get released, guys get signed, um, guys make this decisions on players, you know how a player graded last year. Um, you know, we talked about it. Um, Kenny Galladay still on the market. There's been a few receivers that are still out there. Kennedy still sh- Kenny is still shopping. Why? Well, he's got probably, I think, the best skill set of any wide receiver on the market. But if you look at how players graded out this past year, there are no blue or red graded players on the market. The very top guy in the purple graded area, which is a quality starter, is Kenny Galladay. So there's like 24 guys that's had red and purple grades from this past year. It's an indicator of, you know, how the market goes and how the market reflects what a player is going to get. It's supply and demand. So what you're going to see at any position, any of these guys that are available, they're going to get more than their overall value of they played during the year because the importance of somebody needing them is going to increase the value monetarily for the player. doesn't make the player any better, but you understand the monetary value and you understand how the player graded last year. And you also get an indication with the notes on it is to whether players getting better and why they're graded where they did. So check it all out at LandryFootball.com. Get the position by position analysis, team by team analysis, uh, the tier grades within the free agent system. So absolutely. Uh, check it out. Um, Jeff says, how do I sign up to get the War Room newsletter? I want that. Jeff, I'm going to send that out really soon. We're working on the back office stuff. We're going to get that. Um, absolutely. And I appreciate you mentioning, Jeff. It's going to be um, you, it's it's going to be a little pricier, but what we're going to do is information that we can't get inside um, the website that we feel is maybe something's not appropriate here or there. We'll provide some inside information. We're going to have it up on the website, LandryFootball.com. It'll have the War Room logo. We're working up on the, the back office. We hopefully have that up pretty soon. We'll keep you um, in, in, uh, you know, um, informed on that. A couple of questions. Tony says, surprise that Corey Davis signed before Will Fuller and Corey Galladay? No, because the market um, is going to be a little less. Will Fuller and Galladay are looking for more money. So, you know, you, again, I think you get most people in the league looked at say, all right, Corey Davis is a better value than Galladay. The difference in terms of grade is not as much as the difference in the price. And so that's why you've seen, you know, both of those guys, or Corey Davis and a couple of other receivers signed before Fuller and Galladay. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Um, uh, ben, uh, did you fire Neil? No, didn't didn't fire Neil. Neil is out on assignment, and he he'll be back next week. Um, Rich Coach says, could you see Richard Sherman to do to the Jets due to his connections with Salah? Uh, at the right price, I could see it, but I think they want to go younger. But uh, I, you know, I absolutely could see it in the second wave. But I don't know that they're they're going to spend uh, the money on an older player like that. He might be somebody that Robert sees as a fit in their locker room. I think what Joe Douglas wants to do is build through the draft, so I wouldn't expect that um, 
to necessarily be uh, something to look forward to. Um, Cross Caldwell, appreciate you joining. If I tell you Ole Miss won two out of these three next year, who do you pick? LSU, Auburn, Arkansas. Arkansas, Auburn probably would go there. Um, I would start there because if you're ranking the the three teams personnel-wise, LSU, Auburn, and Arkansas. So just on that alone. And look, I mean, you're asking the question now. We're having fun with it. I don't know the health of either team uh, of, of any of these games um, and what the circumstances are going to be. So may change that thought, but I would say that Arkansas is a real possibility. Arkansas, I tell you, that's going to be an interesting situation this next year um, because what you're seeing at Arkansas is a lot of excitement of a really good season. You know, the, I know the Auburn game was a, was tough, you know, feel like they got robbed and, and, and they did, but now the expectation is, okay, they're going to win two, three more games than last year. And I don't know that it's not a given. You don't start where you picked up last year. I think, what I've noticed, I think the recruiting has gone okay. It hasn't gone <clears throat> where I thought Coach Pittman and where I think Coach Pittman needs to take it. Um, I think that that they can compete with Ole Miss talent-wise. Auburn's going to be in a transition. I'd like to see Auburn transition a little bit more with a few games to see kind of where that is. I would probably say right now <clears throat> that um, LSU, lot to be determined with the coaching staff changes and LSU is a little bit hit or miss, um, but they're, they're more talented. So I would say to answer your question, Arkansas Auburn would be the most likely as we're, we're looking at it today. Jeff says, uh, asked, do you think as a scout, it's easier to scout Bama players with the way Nick coaches and runs his program? Yeah. <clears throat> easier because two things. Let, let me, let me tell you, it's not just, it's not easier scouting, but I mean, it, it's, it's easier to make that decision. This is what you're getting at. I know when you come out of Alabama, it's, it's like coming out of a, of a, of an NFL program. The players know how to work. The players understand the game at a high level. Um, you know, I think that if you're looking at um, the overall development, it's an easier jump. It's a more seamless jump. The other thing is they play in big-time games, the pressure of being coached hard. Um, you come in a little bit more ready-made. <clears throat> you know, you, you – you, in evaluating college players, it's about how a guy jumps from one level to the next. And the most seamless transition is from Alabama to the NFL because of the coaching. I mean, Clemson puts a ton of players. 
a lot of people put a ton of players, but the coaching, it's like the guy comes in more ready to understand how to study film, how to work out in the weight room, how to do things. It's, I can't tell you, it is significantly better coming out of Alabama than any place else in terms of readiness. Doesn't mean all the players are going to work out. It doesn't mean all the players are going to be a good fit. It doesn't mean all the players are going to have great stats, depending on what team they go to. Okay. Um, you can get a guy like a Reuben Foster who was kept under wraps and channeled well at Alabama, but was a disaster in the NFL. Why? He got on his own without under the structure of college, without under the structure of Nick, and it didn't work. So, so sometimes you need to be careful that a player doesn't max out under Saban, meaning he's going to get out of you what you got and maybe a few things that you didn't think. So <clears throat> that's a, a real positive in terms of an evaluation. You, there is no mystery there. You know what you got. You know if a guy can learn. And then you get really, you know, hard information ab about how a player needs to, to be coached. Now, look, Nick is <clears throat> going to say positive things about any player if you're listening to him talk in a general sense. And I've, I've heard him talk to not just the media, of course, but he would say that, but into overall – you know, scouts, personnel, people, he, he will say things and frame it in the right way. Privately, for those of us that have a close relationship with him, he'll he'll say things, you know, that he's not going to ever, like, downgrade a player, but he'll tell you what needs to be done. There's a player that I drafted. <clears throat> um, well, there have been a number of players of his that I've drafted, but uh, there was one guy in particular. And I'm not, I'm not going to even tell you what school he was coaching at the time that I thought was really athletic. And I thought he did a good job with them, but you know, I thought, I thought the guy had really some learning issues and how you were going to be able to play the guy was going to be an issue. So I went in and we had a pretty decent 20, 30 minute talk on the, on the player. And, you know, I asked him to get up and show me how he taught that player. Because, you know, there were going to be issues. And, and what I've got to do is, right, so how, how are we going to bring him what we're going to ask him to do? And, and Nick will understand and does understand with the pro background to understand that it's a lot more complex in the NFL. You do a lot more things schematically, and they you get more things done to you. I mean, it is truly like – professional versus college in college it is more about how you develop your players and how how you how you acquire players how you develop your players and it's about being working on you and being the best you you can the nfl it's about that but it is also just as much about how can you scheme week to week against certain opponents with the talent levels more evenly dispersed. In essence, the strategy of the game, how you utilize, how you mix things up, how you attack an opponent is more important in the NFL on a week-to-week -week basis. 
And so you take a guy that had some, I had some concerns about one of this particular guy. And I said, I, I don't think, you know, it's not about, I like this guy. I don't like this guy. When you evaluate players, how the guy fit, how does the guy fit for us? What can he do for us? And this guy had some ability. This guy could really play in stretches, but he'd get lost at times on the field. And so the big thing, I mean, I, I didn't need help in evaluating the player. What I needed help in understanding was how did you coach him <clears throat> and what was his limitations in learning? And and he was straight with me. And so it really helped on making a decision. And based on that, I passed on the player. And the guy did get drafted. And as I thought, he struggled to make it in the league. He, he went to two, three teams. And, you know, he spot played. But through the whole process, I knew that there was going to be limitations. And, you know, the how you utilized him, where you utilized him, it was going to be difficult. And it was, it kind of, it kind of, it paralyzed him to where as much athleticism and playmaking abilities he had, he was often going in the wrong direction. You know, you can, you can be a great playmaker, but if you're a, that's an exaggeration, but a step slow or you're a step slow um, uh, diagnosing, then you're going to be late. You're, you're, you're just going to miss just a little bit. And he was that type of guy who was just, just a little bit off on too many plays. And the guy, the guy didn't have a great career. And boy, I, I got, man, a lot of people, you know, in our draft room really like this guy. This guy's a first rounder. This guy's, you know, is, and, you know, to me, I thought the learning part's going to hold him back. It's going to be tough. Um, I think there's going to be limitations and, and, and there was, it just, it just was, I, I hated it. Um, and you know, who knows had he gone to enough places that it was, uh, he had enough of a chance. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's going to be, uh, something that you deal with in each and every time, a uh, couple of notes there. Let me check, uh, the notes here and I've kind of, um, make sure to get you any news. Of course, I gave you the breaking news that, um, that, uh, Hunter Henry has reached an agreement on a three-year deal, uh, with the, uh, the Patriots, um, the latest on the bucks, I told you about Leonard Fournette and, and, and they're trying to do a deal with him, but they're trying to resign and Dominican Sue. There's no question that they're trying to keep the band together there. Um, uh, the 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 bills that we had at non notebook yesterday resigned Tyler Matakavich. Um so it's interesting. Uh I've mentioned this before and and I don't know that there's a lot of legs to this, but you know, first of all, the talk about Russell Wilson, I'll end it here. Um look, there where there's smoke, there's fire on on issues. I, I there's no doubt about that. But the the issues with Russell and the organization are definitely problematic. However, you are dealing with a $39 million cap it that's going to make trading him very, very difficult. So I don't see it happening. But I do know that there is 
a fairly high opinion of Sam Darnold that if they were to make a move from him, that's the guy that I think Seattle would be interested in as San Francisco would be interested. Those are the two teams that would be interested. And Seattle's obviously not making a move for Sam Darnold if, if Russell Wilson's there. And uh, neither is San Francisco as long as Garoppolo's there. So I don't think either one are going to take place. But I do know those are options if Wilson or Garoppolo were to be moved. Keep an eye out on Sam Donald there. It's somebody that I know that they like. A reminder again, check us out on Friday for SEC football and beyond. Check uh, me out on uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, for Scout's Eye on Football and Landry Football Podcast on Thursday, same time. Appreciate you joining us. Folks, I also want to tell you, too, we are looking for a title sponsor for this show. We like doing it. We'd like to continue to do it, particularly for you folks in the Southeast. Um, So help us if you can, if you know somebody that might be interested um, to be part of the show, like the great folks that we have. But we've got some special things we'd like to to bring on board that can really help uh, someone that wants to promote their business. So if you got somebody that's a fit, we'd like to, to do it and um, like to see if it's a good fit for both. So check it out. We didn't get into it. Uh, let me know here if you can on Friday. I'm curious to see what your final four thoughts are. Or I'm assuming by the thread that not a whole lot of interest at all, which is, uh, which is fine too. I, I will be watching it, but what we uh, work in mostly um on free agency and draft preparation over at LandryFootball.com. So check out all the ladies there. Appreciate you joining us today. Um, And uh, we'll, again, be back with you on Friday for more SEC football and beyond tomorrow for Scouts Eye on Football and Thursday for the Landry Football Podcast. Appreciate you. Have a great day. Have a safe day out there. And check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest free agent information. Follow me on Twitter at LandryFootball. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Thanks for watching and listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.